Hey everyone, it's Andy. For the past month or so, you've heard me talk about an upcoming series focusing on the university's presence in Ireland. Well, stick around after this episode for a preview of East and West, Notre Dame in Ireland. The first episode of this podcast series drops in March. As always, thanks for listening. Welcome to Notre Dame Stories. I'm your host, Andy Fuller. Today, the unique Notre Dame story of Tayo Ade Oshifogan, how he came to Notre Dame, and his thoughts on the black experience here. Tayo, uh, thanks for joining us. Our uh, our show is called Notre Dame Stories, and you certainly have uh, what I would say is maybe an uncommon Notre Dame story. And um, can you share a bit about how you came to the university? Mm-hmm. And for example, I <laughs> I don't always start here with my guests, but uh, even just asking you for your hometown uh, is mm-hmm. not an easy question to answer <laughs> in, in some ways. So maybe yeah. even start there. Uh, so hometown is weird because I have to claim three things, but I guess if I had to be realistic, my hometown is Chicago, Illinois. Gotcha. Actually, you know what? It's actually Matson, Illinois, which is the yep. south suburb of Chicago. Yep. Um, I was born in Ascot, England, which is a north. Oh man, Londoners don't 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 hurt me. Northwest <laughs> suburb of London, I'm about an hour north of London. We were there for about a year in 91 before we moved to Chicago in 92. Okay. And that's when we lived on the south side of Chicago for about three years. Then we moved to the suburbs of, of uh, Chicago and Madsen. But my family, fully blood Nigerian to the core. Everything about me is Nigerian. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so my family is Nigerian. I love my country, love my people, love my family. And, um, that's I guess that's the trifecta of hometown. But I guess I was raised in the south suburbs of Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. Um Tell us a bit about what brought you to Notre Dame. Um, loaded question, a little bit. But um, <laughs> so I started out, I think this, the story starts when I graduated from my undergrad at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, studying e- electrical engineering. I worked in a variety of industries from software solution services to, to manufacturing to my core uh, experience was in power electrical design across Exelon mm. sub, sub, subsidiaries or contractors. Um, and um, major shout out to Arma Roderick, amazing firm in Chicago. Mm. Um, and then I uh, realized that I wasn't really satisfied with being an engineer. I, it felt like a really glass, a really low class ceiling. Um, and I wasn't really satisfied with that career path. Um, and so at the time I had done, uh, I had a stint in entrepreneurship where I was, I, we, I owned and led a, a startup called Sincerely Richard, which was a black-owned uh, minority brand startup that helped black-owned brands branch out and gain awareness mm. for their brands to increase their revenue through digital marketing, brand services, fashion shows, and pop-up shops. Um, in 2020, I left the startup, and that was when the pandemic happened, of mm. course. And um, I was in a really peculiar mindset with God. And my family is very spiritual. I'm very spiritual. Um, we come from a Seventh-day Adventist Christian background. Yep. Um, and I thought, how can I really use my experiences to help others feel Christ? Because at that time, I actually lost my job during COVID in mm. July. And I thought, all right, you always wanted to go to, to business school. You don't know why you lost your job fully. You don't really know what to do. You have tried to go the business school route through um, 
management leadership for tomorrow. Never got into that. So why would you get into business school? I had a lot of doubt on myself. Uh. And um, I thought, well, instead of pushing down that road, let's do what God's kind of called you to do in this moment. So I started a brand called Regular People Hmm. that helped and created spaces for people to experience Christ because I thought I need to help people in similar circumstances that I am going through. And so these myriads of experiences led me to kind of gain the confidence to um, uh, to apply. At that time, I was living in Philadelphia in 2020, mm. towards mm-hmm. November. My dad was like, you know, I know you have a lot of pride, but you should move back to Chicago and kind of like resettle, think about grad school for real. I think you can get in. And I thought, no, I'm enjoying myself. I have this brand. I'm about to start selling clothes. I'm about to start traveling the country. Um, and doing things and um, he was like yeah that's not really feasible <laughs> um, and so I decided to move back home to Chicago and I did so in uh, November uh, 2020 and I thought okay I have a month to apply to six schools that I like and Notre Dame actually was the last I did not really I had five other schools ahead of Notre Dame no no, no shade to the school <laughs> I had five schools ahead of it um, and so but my dad was like you know have you, have, you, have you considered Notre Dame? I was like, why would I consider Notre Dame? It's an all-white school. I'm a Nigerian black male. Like, why would I go to Notre Dame? There's no diversity there like that. It doesn't make sense for me. He was like, something's telling me to tell you to consider Notre Dame. Mm. I was like, fine. So I literally thought about it January 10th. I think it was due on the 12th. I did the application in two days called Daniel Rizik. He was another tour degree from last year. From last year. Shout out to Daniel. And, um... We had a really honest conversation about the school, and I was like, he was like, look, man, school's great. It's Notre Dame. It's fighting Irish. You're going to really love it, but yeah, you're not going to have a lot of like people who look like you here, but you'll still have some here. And so I was like, you know what? I'll apply. Why not? So I did. And then um, Debbie Herzig, a angel from heaven, <laughs> called me, and she said, hello. I said, I was literally in my father's room talking to him about business and ideas and whatnot. She was like, we want to just call you to, to, to let you know that you've been accepted to Notre Dame. I was like, okay. Now I have, I went from not being able to even think I can get into business school to getting into two business schools, mm-hmm. two of the top 50 in the country um, with the privilege of getting additional funding. Um, and I thought, wow, God is good. Like mm-hmm. how in the world does someone like me get these types of opportunities um, given how my academic background on these things and I was just like okay I guess you know the word is true that when it says that you know you can rest on him and his yoke is easy his yoke is light and I thought okay good lie your guy your yoke is very light right now mm-hmm. um, so that happened and I thought which school should I go to because I don't know what to do and I prayed about it and I prayed extensively and it was very clear that God was like you're going to Notre Dame Mm-hmm. You can go to Rochester. You'll have a great time, but I won't be with you there. And I was like, "Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> you sure?" Um, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You you'll do fine wherever you go because I'm with you in general. But your blessing is found mm-hmm. at with the Fighting Irish." And I thought, okay. And anyone who knows me knows I'm, I, I've been dying to go to New York. Like I, that's that, that's where I feel like my soul lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my dad was like, "Listen, if God told you to do something, and you don't obey it." Something will happen to you, not really bad or good, but it won't be the same. But you could, you always wonder what if. I have not wondered what if with Rochester. No, no, no shade to Rochester, but right. when we're in Notre Dame, it, it's a different level of thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, so that's that's ultimately what got me to come here. I couldn't just honestly put a blanket over all this and say God is what got me to come here because mm. I did not want to come here. I was really nervous about coming here. God told me to come here. Now that I'm here, almost done with it, best choice I've ever made in my life by far. Like it has been an amazing experience. So many opportunities to have impact. I've learned so much from the deaf summer of the one-year MBAs and <laughs> the summer going to the MSBA <laughs> for the dual degree program uh, in 2021 through 2022. And then now in the MBA where I've had the chance to go through Mottaway and now I'm in business, business on the front lines and I was able to launch a startup. I'm still able to do my spiritual brand here um, and starting a new startup gig in the next week. So it's like all these different things and now having to lead the Black History Week initiatives and galvanize all of our students together from a um, African-American and African and African diaspora perspective. It's been, you just, I didn't think I would live this life when I got accepted. Even when I was thinking about applying, I thought I would just have a normal, small, low-scale life. I'll get a job, maybe mm. like a startup or something. No. Like, when God tells you to move, his blessings move with you. I want to come back to... Um topic of diversity in Black History Month in a second. But first, um, talk to me briefly about what you plan to do after graduation. You, you mentioned a startup. I understand it's in the, the field of, of crypto, which yeah. is one of those industries that, you know, has <laughs> had some negative press of late. So, oh, so, so tell me about that. Well, first of all, if you check the charts, Bitcoin is up 40% okay. this year, more than the S&P. So there's that. Um, look alive, people. Look alive. Um I'm not going to sell you. I'm not sure. I'm sure, not sure, trying sure. to sell crypto, but gotcha. I'm going to make it known of the facts that are in the in the markets. Um, I'm sure people are side eyeing me so much right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, so. The, the startup is called Groupvest, mm -hmm. and no, you cannot find it anywhere yet because I am a perfectionist and I don't want to put it out there until it's ready. Fair enough. Um, but Groupvest is an educational platform or a tool to help investors make. Uh, more ethical and safe decisions when it comes to investing in cryptocurrency and digital assets. We do so by giving uh, our customers and clients verifiable education through a means of different levels to help them to achieve an understanding that helps them to make better decisions when investing. Mm. And that's kind of the short end of it. Right. So anyway, I don't want to long-winded, but essentially that's that, the that's startup. How do you mitigate risk by offering education to people who mm. want to be educated in a way that is streamlined, safer, and ethical? That way people can make better decisions to guide their uh, investment decisions in the digital asset space. And that's what I'm trying to do. In my spare time. <laughs> in your spare time, yeah. In spare time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, another um, portion of that time is dedicated to um, the Black Graduates and Management Group uh, on, mm -hmm. on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about that. What is that, that group? What do, you, what do you seek to do? Yeah, so the Black Graduates and Management Club is called, well, it's called that, but it's short for a BGM, or it's long for BGM, rather. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to give a big shout out. Faith, I hope you are listening to this at some point in life, but Faith Achangwa, I hope I didn't your last name as well. She was an MBA who graduated in May of 2021. Okay. Um, and she, we call her the mother hen. She was, when I came here, I met her this summer of 2021, and she was like, you're going to lead out PGM one day. And I was like, I just met you five minutes ago. Mm. <laughs> and um, remember I had the crutch of, not sure if I will be long here because I'm not a majority student, right. if you will. Um, but Faith literally took me in from day one and introduced me to a lot of the other African-American and African students across campus. 
And BGM is literally a family within itself. If you're a part of our club, no matter what your race or ethnicity is or interests are, you feel a sense of belonging. You feel a sense of love. You feel a sense of peace. There's a family aspect to our club that also gives you resources from education to networking, to conferences, to game nights, to mm -hmm. a spiritual foundation that all of us kind of have an have agreement on, even without saying it. I mean, in our meetings this past week, there were some students who are still um, trying to find roles, and um, everyone was talking about how God got them through, and they prayed through things, and they fasted through things, and you don't hear that in many clubs because we have been able to create that atmosphere and faith was the one that started that family bond when we first got here in 2021. So a huge kudos to her. I will always sing her praises wherever I go. Um, but her class, so that class that graduated last year, Constance, Faith, Cosmos, Kojo, I mean, there's so many folks that were in, in, there, in that class that were so great. Um, that family atmosphere has blossomed. So this year I made it a strong effort. I served as the, as the current president of the club. Mm -hmm. And I made an effort this year with my board. Shout out to Debbie, Ma, and Ferlinda. Amazing, talented, intelligent women on my board. Um, and they, uh, we all have made the, made it our goal to be an educational resource, a networking and um, job resourcing resource, a family. But most recently we say, you know, we're going to unify as many black students as possible on campus. We're, we're recording this just after uh, Walk the Walk Week, yes. which is uh, a time where the university uh, comes together and asks how we can be more inclusive mm -hmm. uh, as as a community. The episode you know that we're recording, of course, drops during Black History Month. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's an appropriate time, I think, to to ask you know how our university community can be more inclusive of the Black community and yeah. and other communities of color and you mm -hmm. alluded to it but I'll just I just, just want to ask what's yes. been your experience in 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 this area are there areas we're doing well areas mm -hmm. we can improve what's what's been your experience um I have to preface this and say that uh the school has grown in how they support diverse candidates mm -hmm. diverse communities not just black but like LGBTQ plus the uh the the veterans women I mean it it's across the board even international students um, and that has been a huge advancement. So I have to give kudos to the leadership here at the school that, you know, there has been a lot of great things done that I have seen since I have just gotten here from mm. one person being in the Mendoza MBA program in 2020 to now having over 20 in terms of having black diversity. Mm. So that's been a blessing. Um, on the flip side, mm. <laughs> I do think that there are some improvements that can be made um, mm -hmm. across the university. And then um, there are some struggles that I have seen from a marketing standpoint to get the, uh, I, I, I can only speak from my experience, right? Sure. So I cannot speak on other ethnic or diverse groups. I don't know what they have been dealing with or their struggles, but um, from a black perspective and from a international student perspective, which is not my own experience, but I damn close to a lot of international students, so I can speak on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there just hasn't been as much um, traditional African-American students being able to apply to the school. And I don't think that is because they're not trying to reach them. I think they may not be seeing value of coming here, which I can understand um, after being here. We do have some, and it is growing. There is, mm -hmm. there are some partnerships with the Alpha Alpha fraternity. There's some that they're trying to expand to other fraternities as well, from the Divine Nine Council as well. Um, so that is growing. Uh, 
However, I think that there can be a little bit more done in that space. I don't have the answers for what can be done, but I think that from a marketing standpoint, like I brought up in the beginning, we are, as PGM, doing our best to provide the events and the uh, material necessary for the school to cover it so that you can all have that content to showcase to a variety of students saying, Mm. hey, you can come here and do these things. You can come here and have impact. You can come here and and propose ideas and make changes in a diplomatic way. One of the most diplomatic students I know in our program on campus is Fumi, and she has literally started a club for international MBA students. She Mm. has been chief diversity officer for the MBAA, along with Tanique being the president of MBAA. And these are both like really talented, extremely versatile women that have been leading the reins on creating more changes across the at least Mendoza program for African-American students, for African students, for Caribbeans, for all of the black diaspora, but more importantly for international students. I think that's where the crux lies is for international students. You asked me what are some things that can be done from a marketing standpoint, doing a better job of capturing those moments that you do have and encouraging students to create them for you in an organic way. That's one. Two, helping international students really get jobs just as much as you help domestic students get jobs. Mm. They're just as important because domestic students, I don't say will be okay no matter what happens, but kind of, right? Mm. We can kind of wing it. International students, it's much more difficult to wing it, way more difficult. And I have seen that firsthand from a variety of my peers. Now, you mentioned you were a student who, uh, probably like many others, didn't at first see the, the value of coming to a place like Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so I'll, maybe I'll ask this as kind of, the, kind of my last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Tayo of now, mm-hmm. could go back to the Tayo of then, mm-hmm. what would he say to him? Leap. Hmm. Leap. Leap into experiences that you generally would not do or people would not expect you to do. Because when you leap, one, it is a testament of the faith that is instilled in you and the power that God gives you to actually move into spaces and do things that only you can do as a son of God, as a creator, um, that the enemy does not have the power to do. But two... You have no idea who you're going to serve when you get to that place of leaping. You, you have no idea what meeting different ethnicities, different opinions, different uh, 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 beliefs of people would do to changing how you see yourself in such a positive way. One analogy I heard that I loved was um, if you have a heartbeat and you're on the EKG, high and low, if you're really high and really low, that means you have a lot of life in you. You're alive. When you stagnate in a straight line, you're dead. In life, especially as students, we want a straight path, mm. a straight path that's normal. It's fine. Oh, I'll just, I'll just skate through school, straight A's, good friends, good parties. Maybe I get a, maybe, maybe I get a wife or a husband. I'll get a job making 200K a year, investment banker or consultant or whatever. Straight path, no problems. Technically, that means you're dead. Mm. It's a straight line. When you go through the ups and downs of life, when you reach, when you get a job, your internship, then you can't get one post-grad or, or someone b- breaks your heart or it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Or you get a B minus in class because everybody else is so smart in the class where the curve is against you. Whatever it looks like, you're alive. 
You're experiencing what God intended for you to experience to show you the lessons that is that that is supposed to propel you into your next destination so that you can serve the common man to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's one thing I've learned so much here is before I got here, I would tell Tyler, like, hey, your neighbor is everybody that looks like you, Mm. you know, put them first. And in some senses, I still do, to be honest. However, I've learned here at this school in particular it doesn't matter what people look like. Everybody is put first before yourself. And that is how you live a fully and committed life to Christ. I'm sorry I'm getting religious, but like this is how, this is how I think, right? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, like that's how you live a fully committed life of, to Christ because you are putting everybody else first. And when you do that, all that comes back to you. I can't even tell you like, so walk the walk week, right? Wonderfully done by the student government. Eliza, you are incredible. Camille, who else is a part of that? Um, can't remember names, but all of you who are part of that incredible job. At the dinner, I'm looking around at all these amazing black people. I'm just like, who would have thought there's so many of us here that are this great, mm. right? And my second thought was, why is there no one else here who doesn't look like us? How mm. was wasn't open to everyone? And I get it, you know, we want to have our own things, right? Um, but I was just like, wow. I got the chance to be there, mm. right? To be in the room. I was so honored to simply be in the room, all right? But you know, it's it's leap mm. is what I would tell myself. Leap into those experiences and trust that God will literally carry you through. Tyler, your Notre Dame story is an inspirational one. Thanks for sharing it with us and best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. identify with Ireland, really. It's a place that captures the imagination and the heart. But I think all Notre Dame students, you know, they hear about uh, Ireland and go Irish and the fighting Irish and all that, so they always have a certain curiosity about Ireland. And for a university with Ireland in its DNA, a presence on the Emerald Isle is only natural. Having places to be on both sides of Ireland is giving like you a very diverse experience in terms of what you're experiencing in Ireland. But when I got here, I immediately felt like this could be a place that I could call home. Our presence here really makes us a global university. This isn't a sort of cliché international experience. Because after all, if you're going to say you're Irish, you'd better live up to it. So Notre Dame is is famous in Ireland, not just for the college football, but also for the education element. 
We only do things that Irish people are interested in. We're not going to do touristy kind of things. You can do that in your own lads if you want to, but like we're going to bring you to Ireland matches that are hard to get a ticket for. We're going to bring you up the top of mountains in the middle of nowhere. No one was there but us, so it was so beautiful. We're trying to say, okay, want to understand Ireland? Here you go. It's said the students here learn through the soles of their feet, and we followed them, where the road rose up to meet them and for excursions off the beaten path. And we found that the university doesn't just have a presence in Ireland, it has a relationship with it. Join us as we discover what Notre Dame is doing in Ireland, what our students are learning, and what they're giving back. So entire landscapes here in Ireland have been cut, drained, degraded, that we want to try to to rehabilitate. I think it's definitely um, has enhanced my sense of what it means to be American, because I'm also learning of like, oh, what it means to be European. You know, it's an American institution, Notre Dame, but it does have this Irish angle to it. You know, there's a lot of energy and a lot of dynamism. It's not just about getting the credits done or getting to go abroad and see cool things. It's kind of, there's like a deeper thing about, you know, you learn in the classroom and then you experience it at the same time. Wow, this is maybe what living in the moment looks like. Coming in March, East and West, Notre Dame in Ireland. <laughs>